you are listening to a brand new episode of the best of the best, Maverick's Guide to Success. This is episode number seven, and I am your host, Maverick Levy. Now, before we start, I want to say thank you so much to the Dust Brothers, to Royal House Recording for truly being the best of the best. They are the ones that help me out with the podcast tremendously. Obviously, the Dust Brothers produce this podcast and Royal House produces the music that you hear on this podcast. So I want to say thank you to them because they are what make this podcast great. Yes, I am the host, but they are actually the ones putting everything together so you hear this in crisp sound through whatever device you're listening to. And if you haven't yet, check out the podcast pages on social media at TBOTBpod. You can see clips on there. You can find the guests on there. There's a link in all the bios to access the website. Use it to listen to the podcast on whatever platform that you're using, but interact with it. Make sure that you're checking it out. And you never know, I might do a giveaway on Instagram after this episode goes live. I'm about to get into a really cool interview. But before I do, I want to remind everyone, as I do every week, that The discussions on this podcast are for informational purposes only. I cannot predict and do not guarantee that you will attain a particular result from the information provided. You should always seek professional assistance before making decisions in connection with the topics discussed. On today's episode, we have a super special guest. He's a Detroit native, a Detroit legend. You might know him from his Tag, hell of a beat, baby. But on today's show, we have Helva. He's a hit making music producer. He's a close friend. He's an overall good guy. And he took the time out to come on the show. So let's get right into this interview. What's going on, Helva? What's up, man? You make me sound so cool. <laughs> hey, man, you're on the best of the best. So you are it, the it's best. It's like I'm listening to you talk about somebody else. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Well, let's get right into it. We always like to start with some background about the guests of the show. So where did you grow up? Well, I grew up on like in southwest Detroit and West Warren and Livernois area. Pretty fucked up, poverty stricken neighborhood. Yeah, but look at you now. You worked hard. That's yeah. what we're gonna talk about on the show. So how did you get into the music industry? Well, my family had a musical background. My grandfather used to, he was a carpenter, but he did some type of singing. And he had four boys. One was, you know, my father was a piano player. My uncle was a guitar player. My other uncle was a drummer. And my other uncle, he played various different instruments. Okay. So I grew up just like hearing them play music all the time. And do you play any instruments yourself? I play piano a little bit, but I always just wanted to learn enough to be able to make beats. I never wanted to be like Mozart and shit. I just want to make some banging ass hip hop beats. So how did you learn how to make beats? What was that process like? Give us that backstory of, you know, the first time you were like, oh shit, I'm going to make a beat. Well, my father used to show me how to play little stuff on the keyboard. And I just went from there to, at first I was rapping. So I just had to make my own beats because a good producer back in the day was hard to come by. Mm -hmm. So it was just like, I'm going to do this shit myself. 
And then, so you were rapping, you were making your own beats. So you were basically producing, mix and mastering all your own music. And that's how you got into it pretty yeah, much. Pretty much. And then, so what year was that? This was probably in like the early 90s. Okay. Okay. So when the I, early 90s you were doing this. And then when did you, do you still rap today or only? I do a lot of writing. Okay. Every now and then I hop on the track. Yeah. Not too often. We're not pretty lucky often. to get you behind a mic right now though. <laughs> don't want him, don't put on a beat, Miles. Let him. Uh, I'm on one of uh, Sada Baby songs. Oh, you are. Yeah, Sada Baby's got that big song on TikTok. Yeah, that shit's going crazy. Yeah, it's going nuts, buddy. He reps the D hard, so we appreciate that just Definitely. as you do. So, what's been the best selling record that you have produced? Uh, first day out by far by T Grizzly. Yeah, yeah, that shit went like platinum and shit. Yeah, I was a freshman at Michigan State. When that dropped and it was big, and if I don't know if you recall, he had a concert at Michigan State that I went to during that time, and like you know the the line about Michigan State, remember Michigan <laughs> State, you know that line. So that was like a big thing. That was always a uh, a big tailgate song, whatever it might be. But so you produced that that beat for T Grizzly, and mm-hmm. can you give the listeners a breakdown because this show is about what we're not taught in school. Uh, as you know, I had Roger Goodman, who is also in the music industry on, and he gave a little you know, background about how the process of making a beat works from you actually creating it to uh, an artist getting on it. But can you tell... Roger's my friend, too. Yeah, Roger's a good guy. But so can you tell us maybe since uh, First Day Out was the biggest you know, track that you've produced, a little bit about it, how did you make that beat? You know, How were you and T working together? How did so, that come about? I had heard T some years before on a song called Quick and I liked his his verse a lot. So I would ask people like, what's up with this dude? Where is he at? And they're like, oh, he's going to jail for like 30 years. Forget about him. He'll never get out of jail. And at the time, I think his name was uh, All-Star T. So when he got out of jail and was going by T Grizzly, I didn't even know this was the same dude that I was already a fan of. So his auntie, who's now passed, she had called me up. I was in the process of moving back from Atlanta, and I was there doing music, and it just wasn't working out. So I was coming back to Detroit with nothing. And I'm in the process of moving back, and uh, his auntie called me and was like, I have a nephew who just got out of jail, and he has a song. The song's already written. I want to know if you can make a beat around the song. And I was like, you know, that's my specialty. Yeah. So he comes in and uh, he sits down. He's beating on the table and he raps the whole song to me. And the beginning starts off like storytelling and it's kind of like cinematic. And then at some point he just like turns up and starts going crazy. Yeah. So I had the idea. I wanted I wanted to do like uh, like Meek Mill song. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is Dreams and Nightmares? Yeah, but I wanted to do like a Detroit version of it. Yeah, where it starts out slow, it builds yeah. up, builds up, then it drops, and he goes crazy on it. So I'm like, you know, come back tomorrow and I have your beat done. So the next morning, the beginning of the song, the the cinematic part, I spent most of the time just making that part. I spent all of the time on making that part at the kitchen table, and uh, when he got to the studio. The part where the beat turns up, yeah, I made that probably in like five, ten minutes. Holy shit. 
It was just off the top, like, you know, just fucking around. That's basically how you came up with it. Yeah, I didn't even know if he would have liked it or not. I'm like, the first part, I'm like, I know I nailed this part, but yeah. how do you like the other part? He's like, it's perfect. Wow. That's a crazy, that's a crazy song. You know, shout out to my little bro, Jet Levy. So when you listen to this, Jet, be happy you get a little shout out. He loves T Grizzly. Literally sure loves, yeah, like I have a video of him at a tailgate at Michigan State and it was first day out. And we had like, you know, a group of people around him. But that was like, that was our song, I like I said. my daughter might have sent me that on Instagram. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's a great video. I actually talked to T last night. Okay. He doing good? Yeah, he's working. He was in the studio like, send me some heat. You know what I need. Yeah. That Detroit love. Detroit rap is interesting. Now, a lot of listeners, they may not be from Detroit, but you got to really get into the Detroit rap because so it's the after- best. After first day out, that made the Detroit underground scene like it got it brought a lot of attention to the Detroit artists. Okay, and it was. Would you say that that was like a big moment for the Detroit music industry as a whole? It basically put us on. Wow, yeah, that's crazy. I mean, you know the typical like Big Sean, all those type of people, Eminem. Yeah, but we T- had we had a couple of. People from Detroit like slipped through the cracks, but like the city as a whole wasn't getting yeah. a spotlight. Yeah, no, I agree with that. So, when did you realize that you were really gonna make music a career? When I had four kids at a young age, and I basically couldn't work because child support was gonna take all my money. So it was like I gotta figure something else to do, and I. Basically, took care of the kids by myself most of the time. So, I was stuck in the house. The only thing I could do is play video games and make some beats because I couldn't really leave the house. I mean, that's how you got into it. Just sort of, you were just grinding at it, kept doing this, kept doing this. See, when you got like four kids, like nobody wants to watch them. Like if you got two, they're like, okay, I'll watch them. But if you got four, it's like... (laughs) I'm not keeping all four of them. I'll keep one of them or I'll keep two of them. I'll just be like, fuck it. I'll keep them myself. Yeah. Well, you're good. We were talking before you got behind the mic about the type of dad you are. Just a little sidebar here, getting a little off track, but it's important that people know that you are a good father and the importance it is to have a good father in your life and to be an My important kid's father mother, figure. She actually did like nine years in jail, some shit like that. She just got out recently. Wow. So you raised all these four kids by yourself pretty much? Yeah, me and my family. So instead of me just being in the streets, I chose to just be broke and just be there with my kids and try to shape who they are as people instead of just trying to get to the money back then. Yeah. So I'm getting to the money now. All right. Well, that's important. You took care of your family and it's coming full circle because now, you know, whoever, if you believe in God, which I think that you do, of you course. Know, God is coming back and he's blessing you with everything that you have in life. Now, all the work you put in with your kids, it's coming back financially. You're building up. When I was actually, when I was moving back from uh, Atlanta, I was praying to God, like, you know, God, I'm coming back to Detroit with nothing. I'm going to give him my all. I just, just give me a little bit of help. And as soon as I get back, I make first day out. Wow. Look at that. That's a crazy story. What's your favorite part of being in the music industry? Being able to work when I feel like it. <laughs> yeah. Being able to be my, my own boss, in a sense. And just 
when you doing what you love doing, it's not like work at all. It's like it's a hobby. It's something I love to do. So when I'm in the studio for 12, 16 hours, it's like I'm just having fun. If I could not make a penny making music, I probably still would be making music. Because that's your passion. Definitely. And when you follow your passion, you know, I listen to a lot of things about when you follow your passion, you know, should you follow your passion? Should you follow somewhere where you know you're going to be successful financially? I'm actually a big believer the more I think about it in following the passion. And I think when you follow the passion and you chase the dream, the money will come with it as long as you're doing it correctly and you are being the best of the best. It's important that like, you're going to get out of it what you put into it. Yeah, 110%. No, and that's, you know, why we talk about hard work on the show and all that type of shit, but that's really important. One thing I I've known from being in the music industry and doing music a lot, like the people who have deals and are very successful, you wouldn't expect them to work hard as they work, but they're they're working harder than the people that's not on. So if you want to get on, you got to work yeah, ten times as hard as them. Yeah, no, I agree. There was a, I think it was Ben Baller's podcast, but he was saying how you don't ever want to see your competition in the rear view, right? You don't want someone else was saying you want to see them just so you know that someone's always right behind you. Nah, fuck that. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree with that. That's why I brought it up. No, I never want to see them. I want to be a million miles in, ahead of them. I'm always thinking about what's the next producer doing right now, and I'm. I'm never like sleep on anybody. I'm always listening to the new guys and the new music and keeping up with the times. And talking about, let, let's ask one question that just popped into my head here. How did you make the tag "Hell of a Beat Baby"? Well, my son, he used to rap as a kid, and he sat in on a song. Oh, he probably wow. was about seven or eight years old. Yeah, like nobody told him to say it or anything. He just said it. And that just, boom, you would just pick that up, and now that's your... Stretch Money, who was an artist I used to work with a lot back then, he had the song Take Money to Make Money. It was a big Detroit song. Mm -hmm. He was just like, you should make that your your tag when he heard the song. Oh, wow. The song is actually on YouTube now. It is? What's it called so people can search it? Uh, It's City Star Entertainment and Little Zay. You spell City, C-I-T-I. Okay. And it's like a... 10-year-old video of him saying that. And that was the way that the tag came about? Yeah. Wow. Were, were tags always in, like, no. music? When did that When did that whole thing come about? Because now you hear, you know, a bunch of, every, every producer yeah, everybody, has a you tag. you got to have a tag now. Yeah. So what happened was I would put it on a beat here and there, but somehow one of my beats ended up in Young Jeezy's hands, and he did a song to it, and it was the intro to his mixtape, The Prime Minister, and uh, after that, I was like, I'm putting a tag on every single beat I make because you never know where your beat's going to end up. Yeah. And then that tag, you know, it's sort of like your branding, shall we say? Yeah. So when people listen to that, they know automatically. Like I know when I listen to, you know, whoever it is and I hear that little tag, I know exactly who produced the beat of the song. And, you know, it's cool. It's a cool thing, I think, that's sort of flourished over the years in the music industry because you get to see, you know, who's like killing it in the game and yeah. the up and coming ones that you don't really know. Sometimes I'll be hearing tags now like, now this shit is getting ridiculous. Yeah. It'd be like a whole rap line. Yeah, yeah, 100%. <laughs> 
So let's break down the nitty gritty of the music industry, the ins and outs, some of the shit that people may not know or may not understand. But how, let's say that an artist wants to buy a beat from you, right? They contact you however they do and they want to buy a beat. How is that being handled? Is If they're signed to a label, is their label buying the beat from you? How does that work? So if it's just like a regular person that wants to buy a beat, they might get in contact with me by, they might bump it to me somewhere or Instagram or however, and they and then in that case, I would charge them a fee and get them an exclusive beat, and they just would go from there. Now some producers do leases and where they would get a beat to like multiple people, but I'm old school in that sense where like if I make a beat for somebody, that's your beat. You know what I mean? Wow. So people will lease out a beat? Yeah, like lease it like to multiple people. And then right. see who gets the best track, or can they all put it out then? They all can put it out, but like if somebody puts it out and it starts to gain some traction, then they go back and try to purchase the beat and the exclusive rights for it. Wow. But at that point, it could be 100 people with the same beat. That's wild. I never knew that. So, But then if the person is not a regular person and they're signed to a label, is the label then purchasing that beat for yeah. you? So where I was gonna get to about that like with a label like the situation might be uh different so an artist you would just get in the studio and work and let's say they record to 10 of your beats and they want to put two of them on their album the label's not gonna uh contact you and do business with you until they know that they're gonna use that song for sure so when they know when they send you some paperwork then that's when you know you made it on the album, and that's when they'll pay for it. They might rap on a beat uh, some months prior or even a year sometimes, and then yeah. when they put the beat out, then they'll pay for it. So you don't know necessarily, even though you're sending them the beat, you don't know if the song is actually going to make it. Yeah. It's so going to drop or make me, it on the I album. I never count my chickens before they hatch. Yeah. Because somebody can do a song to your beat, and it may never end up anywhere. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. I think about that all the time, how many hit records there probably are that just never got put out. Yeah. that's. I think about that literally. All the time. I don't know why I think about that often, but I do. So staying on the business track, when you started to make money as a producer, were you knowledgeable as to things like you know insurance, taxes, your credit score, all the stuff that is essential but not taught in school? No, I actually was like working backwards. Okay. So I had to get caught up. And you had to educate yourself. So you were just sort of, a lot of my guests, they say the same thing. I was educating myself about these topics on the fly. Exactly. And why? So if because I had, to, if I had a, a prior knowledge to a lot of things, I probably could have saved a lot of money and probably could move a lot different. Like I was just telling your dad, like I probably had never deposited a check or wrote a check to like a few years ago. Wow. Yeah, no, that's crazy. But you know, that's why I have the best of the best because I want to teach people what they need to know so that they can be successful. I had an episode about taxes. I've had an episode about insurance. I don't know by the time that this drops, if there will be an episode about mortgages or things like that. But listen, everyone, Helva, he's a hit making producer and he didn't know. So it's okay not to know, but you educate yourself, you surround yourself with the right people in those correct industries, and you make sure that you're getting taken care of. You make sure that 
you trust the person that you're going to get into bed with financially, anything like that. So that's why I'm here to teach about these topics. And I'm glad you said that, Halva. I'm glad you were acknowledging that you didn't know about these things and you had to learn yeah. about them on the fly. Because I hadn't even... My last grade completed in grade school probably was like the eighth grade. So I never went to like a prime, a homecoming game. I never went to high school or any of that. Yeah, that's crazy. How important would you say for the audience so they can listen to someone that's made it how important would you say it is to start off on the right foot when you have money coming in? It's very, very important because if you don't know, you're going to bump your head a lot. And it's not like the knowledge is like too hard to obtain. Mm -hmm. It's little small stuff that can save you a lot of money and help you make a lot more money. It's a lot of people that still like in the music game now and they don't know anything about saving money or paying taxes or insurance or anything. Yeah. And something I want to talk about, which I know you're not a rapper, but I'm sure you have insight into this. So I threw it in here as a question anyway. Now, you see a lot of stories of when a new artist gets signed to a label, they'll get a check, whether it's an advance check, whatever it is, and they'll go out and they'll buy, you know, a new watch, a new chain, a new car, whatever it may be. They're going to spend their money, you know, however they want. And I'm never going to tell anyone how to spend their money, nor would I ever want to be that person. But would you say that a lot of these people that are getting this money that's coming in from these, you know, deals, whatever they're getting... They should be going and investing that money in other areas. A lot of people, they fall off once they get that money. Yep, because they're going out. So that's something I want to say is like you may see people on Instagram. You may see people on whatever social media it is, and they're you know flexing, they're flossing, they're doing whatever. You definitely got to invest and try to create some type of generational wealth. And you got to look at that money that you got and basically say, I'm still broke. <laughs> and you got to look at the people that are very successful and see how they move. And you you can't be moving like you can't be spending more money than they're spending. You you still got to grind it out. Yeah, no, I think a lot of times I always it actually might be my Twitter bio still is never get comfortable where you are in life. Period. So never get comfortable. That's the worst thing you can do because at that point, you're accepting that you're good at where you are and there's going to be no motivation, no drive inside of you to go and hustle and grind all night, whatever it may be, so that you can make sure that for generations down the road, your family has food on the table. Yeah, a lot of people always tell me, like, they say, like, you know, you need to relax and give yourself some props or, you know, bask in your glory a little bit because I don't really take compliments well and stuff like that because I feel like I got a lot more to do. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh, man, congratulations. You got a track on Meg the Stallion. It's like, okay, fuck that. What's next? <laughs> you do have a track with Meg, though? Yeah. Oh, wow, damn. What's it called? What's uh, up? What are they called? One of them's called B-I-T-C-H. Okay. And the other one is, uh, I, I forgot the name of it. I think I've heard B-I-T-C-H. Yeah, that one was on, on the radio a lot. Yeah, that's dope. That's dope. She's popping off right now. Yeah. On this show, I like to talk about stories of failure because I think that failure makes a person grow um, both independently and financially later down the road because they're going to realize what they did wrong, the mistakes they made, and they're going to try and surpass that. So I always like to ask my guests, 
Do you have any stories of failure that you can share with the listeners and then talk about how you surpassed that failure, how you overcame it, how you got to where you are today, even though there was, you know, a point in time when you did fail? Well, like like I was saying, when I had moved to Atlanta to pursue music, that was a, a failure and also a lesson because I learned to stay true to my own sound because I went there pursuing something and I was doing music that I wasn't happy with because I was trying to make a sound that wasn't my sound. I, I didn't really love it. I didn't, I didn't really, a sound that everybody was doing instead of sticking to my own guns. So pretty much failed and had to come back to Detroit where my roots is at and stick to my own sound and grind it out. Yeah, but even though you failed, you realize that, holy shit, you took a step back, which is hard for people to do. And I always try and urge you, no matter where you are in life, take a step back and think about where you are, what can you do better? How can you become more successful? But you learn from that failure because you look at where you are today. The business part of music is so important that I learned that recently when I, I almost had a song to go on uh, Grand Theft Auto, the new one oh, wow. that's coming out. And because of some type of paperwork that didn't get turned in fast enough, I didn't get the track on the, the game. And like that's something that that just bothers me to this day. Yeah, so that was all due to paperwork that was paperwork. never sent back? All paperwork. They already had picked the track and everything. Wow. That's great. Was it a beat or was it with an artist? Or It was a song, one of me and Sada Baby's song. Oh, shit. Dope ass song. Shit, that's fucked up, man. We got a GTA if you're listening to this. <laughs> put hell I of need a, parts. Yeah, put it. Put that on. We want to drive like, around. And, that's and, like one of my goals. Yeah, but like listen to, to that. To get some music on video games because I love video games. Video games and music got me through the hard times. And you appreciate them because they were there for you, in other words, right? <laughs> for sure. <laughs> now, let's talk about some advice that you would have for someone that wants to get into the music industry. I actually asked Raj these same questions, and you know how he is. He said to go buy some subways and don't get into the music industry. <laughs> <laughs> but what advice would you have for someone that wants to be a producer that's you know making beats like you were at home, whatever their situation may be? What advice would you have for them? My advice would be, for one, get your uh, your BMI or your ASCAP set up first before you do anything. And then uh, to get in, I believe you got to give something. So don't be so caught up on getting the money at first because it's a bigger goal in the future. So if you believe in an artist, just give them the music. Just work with them. Mm-hmm. And... Once once they get on, then you'll get on. You'll get on too. So have you have you done that in the past where you see an artist and you're like, hell yeah, I'd be like, you don't gotta buy a beat here. Take this beat, and ho- and you're hoping that it's gonna blow up. Exactly. Wow, that's because when it blows up, you're gonna get paid anyway. Yeah, you're just you're looking out for someone because you believe in their work and you see that their craft is amazing and you just put more into that and let them, you know, sort of think, holy shit, hell of us going to get me a beat. Once you get a couple of good songs out, then you can set your own price. Damn. 
damn you gotta be your own boss and set your own price that's the best of both worlds for sure how important is it that someone has a great work ethic man you see where a great work that ethic can get you when you look at uh certain artists like Sada Baby. So if you want Sada Baby on your beat, you're going to have to count on him going in the studio and he's going to do 10 to 15 songs in a night. So even if he records to your beat, if the song don't come out fire, it's never going to see the light of day. So you got to give it your all. Damn, that's wild. Yeah, I put the heat out there. Yeah, and I think this goes, I'll just give a little, we'll call it maverick comment. I think work ethic goes hand in hand with whatever type of success you're trying to achieve, whether it's mental yeah. success, happiness, financial success, whatever it may be. If you're not willing to put in the work and work your ass off for whatever your goals may be, then I don't know how you expect to get them at all. If you're an artist and you... uh you making a song a month, just know that Sada Baby's somewhere in the studio making 10 songs in a day. He's going to enjoy that money later. Yeah, it's <laughs> but funny. he's going to work right now. It's funny that you so, <laughs> are bringing up Sada Baby and talking about his work ethic and his drive because I actually believe that's who Roger was saying. I mean, you know, Sada Baby was putting out songs consistently and that consistent nature that someone has to always be working consistently be grinding consistently that's what's going to get you to be successful definitely if you're a producer and you're in a studio and or wherever you're at and you make two beats and then you're off gone doing whatever you're doing just imagine if you made 10 beats one of those or maybe two of those might end up being hit so you never know whose hands they might end up in yeah, no, that's hundred percent. You never, you never know who's watching, who's listening, who's looking at you. You never know. That's why you always gotta keep up to date with what you're doing in terms of, you know, what you're putting out. Make sure that it's fresh. Make sure that it's cool. Make sure that it's likable. And that could be for anything, not just music. That could be for anything you're doing. You could be making clothes. As long as you're, you know, putting out what people like, you're going to get there. And you never know. Someone like Mike Amiri could be like, oh, shit, this person's dope. Let me see what they're about. Someone like that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Now, I always like to ask my guests another question in terms of like a cool story or a crazy story that's happened to you because of music and the music industry. You know, who's someone that you met that like, you know, you were like dumbfounded by that you were in the room with them or any any cool experience or crazy story that the listeners would like and can be inspired by something along those lines yeah well i met nas recently and that that was crazy for me because nas always was like one of my favorite rappers and i don't think nas man that nigga don't really age <laughs> <laughs> wow he, he looked it real young how old is he uh, he got to be pushing like 50. I, I got a story for you. Uh, one time uh, I was at the uh, the studio and this dude, he calls me and he wasn't really like like big like far as like music. Like he wasn't known or anything. He had a studio and he called me. He's like, I want to bring uh, J. Cole to your studio. Can I bring him over there? And I'm like, uh, sure, but I'm like, yeah, right. He's not gonna bring that call to the fucking studio. Yeah. 
So I, I get a knock on the door and I open the door and it's J. Cole. Oh, and I'm like, shit. J. Cole, man, what the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> and he just bust out laughing and shit. <laughs> oh, how long ago was that? Man, this was maybe like seven years ago. Oh, wow. So, so he had to do like a verse for a Kanye song and it was like an emergency. So he just was looking for somewhere to go. Was this in Detroit or Atlanta? Yeah, this is in Detroit. Oh, shit. It was on like Michigan and my and Trumbull when I had a studio over there. Yeah. So he comes in, he records the song, and uh he's like, uh, you know, you're a lifesaver. How much do I owe you? I'm like, shit, you don't owe me anything. You're J. Cole. I, I might need you to save my life one day. Yeah, damn, that's crazy. Have you ever talked to him since or seen him no, since? No, but I know when I do talk to him, I'm gonna uh he's gonna remember me. Yeah, because you you helped him out. You, know, yeah, you lend and, that helping hand that people will always remember that. And he he talked about me in the interview, but he didn't say my name. He's like, man, I went to the studio in Detroit, and the, the producer got guns laying out on the desk <laughs> and all type of shit. That's some, that's some real Detroit stuff right there, walking into a music studio, all that laying out. But, I mean, that's how Detroit rolls. That's really how, sure. that's how people do it. As we wrap up this interview, I want to ask you, is there anything music business related anything along those lines that you think i missed that we didn't talk about anything you would say to the listeners anything like that that you think you know oh shit they need to hear this well for one you need a lawyer to look over your paperwork and make sure that your paperwork is right you gotta have a lawyer you gotta get a good accountant when you start making some money Maybe, maybe, where would you send them if you had to? If you had to, <laughs> definitely to uh, Levy Associates. There we go. Put that ding in there, Miles. <laughs> Sponsorship by. And shout out to Roger for plugging me in. Yep. Yes, sir. Family takes care of family, and that's how we always run it. We always take care of anyone. I mean, you see how Man, our customer service is. You could call of, us any anytime, anywhere. A lot of these artists that I talk to, they don't know anything about like accountants and paying taxes and shit. And they gotta learn, they gotta like. listen to this episode and they gotta know that Hellova just plugged Levy and Associates on the best of the best. So <laughs> so there you go. You have the best plugging the other best. So there you go. Uh, if you do want help with your taxes, you can visit our website, levytaxhelp.com. Find us online and uh call hey, us. You can look at that their track record and their history. They've been around for how long? Around 30 years, 30 plus years. My grandfather started the business and then my dad took it over and I'm going to be third generation in it. But yeah, we have that longevity. We've talked about that before on the show. And uh, the clients that they had, they've had for years and years and years. Yep. Yeah, your dad well. was just telling me about like working with like the churches and a lot of Baptist churches yep, and stuff. Yeah, that's how and my grandfather started it. That's how he started it. And he... Uh, you know, I would represent them and they're good, loyal people. And we love them over there. We appreciate them. My grandfather was a great man. A lot of people loved and look up to him as my father is, you know, and I strive to be like that one day. Now, the last question I have for you, Helova, is what do you wish you knew when you were in your early 20s? I wish I knew about uh, ownership and entrepreneurship. I wish I knew about owning stuff like real estate and stuff like that, not to worry about stuff that don't hold no value, like cars and shit like that. 
Yeah. A lot of people today in today's world, you see, you know, on Instagram, whatever it may be, people are only showing the good. I'm seeing now, I'm seeing like young homeowners and shit, people in their early 20s and shit. And I'm like, damn, that could have been me. Yeah. But listen, you live and you learn. But I appreciate that because that also is what this show aims at. Listen to Drake. Drake said he should tattoo what on his face? (laughs) Real estate. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. He did say that. So think about it. Drake is the probably one of the biggest best rappers ever. Yeah, he's my favorite artist. Your favorite artist. Yeah. Cuz he creates a ton of great music. Mm-hmm. And where does the bulk of his money come from? Real estate. Real estate. <laughs> yeah. That was a guess by the way. I didn't know that off the top of my head, but after he said that line, I was like, "Oh shit, it's probably real estate." <laughs> he's whooping ass. <laughs> yeah. No, Drake's a, Drake's a beast. I mean, you know, he created something that's insane and he's going to keep doing it. I'm going to get with Drake soon, too. That would be dope. I'm just speaking that into existence. That's dope. You got to put that out in the world. He's going to do it. Listen to that. So if anyone listens to this that knows Drake, listen, Hellova wants to work with you. Tell him. Definitely. It's on. All right, Hellova. Well, this has been an amazing interview. Again, thank you for taking the time to come on the show. I hope that you and your family continue to remain safe, healthy, and keep making fire tracks, bro. You're putting on for the city. Likewise, man. And People appreciate that. I know you're going to be very successful with everything you do. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. I'm just trying to, trying to pave the path for others that don't have the resources you know, that I was thankfully born with. So I try and offer those to other people and let oh, them know. It's important. Yeah, there's there's so many important topics that we're going to cover on this show, so many important people we're going to have on. But you're just one story of, you know, how you learned all this shit on the fly, whether it's taxes, no matter what it was. You learned it on the fly and you keep grinding and you keep wanting to grow and build your success up more and more. So thank you for everything you talked about. And uh, we'll have to have you back on the show. Definitely. I can't wait. All right. Hard work and dedication is how hell of a got to where he is today. He took the time out of his day to come on the show, to tell his story, to educate not just you all, but me as well about things that we didn't learn in school, all while telling some cool stories about the music industry. Now, if you're interested in contacting Halava, his information will be posted on the podcast website, tbotbpod.com. And he truly is one of the best of the best in the music industry. He has a long track record and his creativity is through the roof. So make sure you reach out to him regarding anything in the music industry. I'm sure he's always willing to take some time out of his day to talk to you all and mention that you're getting in contact with him because you heard him on the podcast. Now, I'm sure you all might be sick of me talking about the importance of leadership, but guess what? I will not stop talking about it because to me, it is so important. It's one of the most important and vital things in order to create success in your life. Always be a leader, make your own path, and don't ever be afraid to ask a question or make a phone call if it's going to better yourself. You need to put yourself out there in any way possible. So make sure you're going above and beyond to do those things for yourself, to do those things for your brand, for your company, whatever it may be. Be a leader. 
I got that little rant off my chest. So now, thank you all. Make sure you continue to spread the word about the show. Please keep subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show. It truly means the world. All the support that you guys have shown to me, shown to the show, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Now that's it for this week, everyone. I'll talk to you all next Wednesday on another episode of The Best of the Best, Maverick's Guide to Success. Be safe, everyone.